12. Good morning, family. For all of you here and those of you watching online, I'm glad you're with us this morning. We're, we're looking, listen, today is a great day because God has something good for us. I really believe that. And um, I believe that the portion that the Lord has given me for each of us is a reminder that God is working right now. He's on, on our behalf. God is working, and good things are happening. And, uh, and wherever you are in life, sometimes there are th- you're in seasons of life where you're not visibly seeing God at work. You're not seeing him, at least in your life. Maybe in certain areas of your life that you have been praying for, or you've been hoping for, you've been, you've been, you know, with maybe faithful anticipation, but it seems like it's taken way longer than it should take or that you anticipated that it would take. Some of us are in seasons of drought spiritually, and when you find yourself there, it's kind of like, when is it going to rain, right? And, and when, is it gonna, when, when is God going to do something wonderful? When is God going to pour out his spirit on me? When is that all going to happen? And, uh, and today I want to I encourage you. God is moving. God is doing great things. You know, the Bible, the Bible says all scripture is given by inspiration of God. It is profitable for correction, for, for reproof, for instruction in righteousness that the man or woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. I love the word of God. And as we go into it today, we find that we're going to find things that are going to be encouraging and strengthening in our life. A few weeks ago, actually when I had come back from my COVID experience, I, um, I remember um, how the Lord had spoke to me about prayer and about God answering prayer. In fact, I had gone to the Lord and felt like, Lord, why didn't you answer our prayers? We've been praying. And the Lord said, spoke to me and said, I have. And, uh, and if you remember, the words he gave me were, the winds of revival are blowing. The winds of revival are beginning to blow. And I really believe that's true. I believe that there are things happening. I believe, in fact, if it wasn't for some of the, some of the challenges that we have faced over the last year with, in our nation and in, you know, uh, with, with the sickness and so forth, that even though there's negatives and there are things that have happened, I really believe that, that God didn't um, generate, but I believe that God will use them and is, is using them for the purposes, eternal purposes that he has for us and for the kingdom of God and the world. And so I'm going to take us to a story in uh, 1 Kings chapter 18. We're going to hit a, a couple other places in, in the scripture. But I want us to be in 1 Kings chapter 18. So if you have your Bible and you want to turn there, you can get there ahead of time. The, the backdrop of this story is there, there has been a drought in the land three and a half years. There was a drought, and this drought was actually God 
directed. In fact, uh, Elijah the prophet had prayed, and because of the idolatry in the land, um, God brought a drought to the land. And, and, and all the challenges that come with having a drought, but the people had been, they had turned from the Lord and they had turned to their adulterous ways. And so as they live in their idolatry, the challenge is how does, uh, how does God bless a nation that's living in idolatry? He, well, he can't. In fact, if God blesses a nation that is worshiping false gods and living in idolatry, they will believe that it is the gods of their idolatry that are blessing them. So God, sometimes he withdraws his blessing so that we don't get the wrong idea of where the blessing comes from. It comes from God. And this, at this particular time, um, it's been about three and a half years that they have been in drought. And the prophet Elijah, who prayed that God would stop the rain, is the prophet who has now spent three and a half years himself experiencing God's provision. I mean, he, he was, you know, he, this is the one who gets fed by the ravens. I mean, he's had supernatural, you know, God-given blessing and, and sustaining through the time. And some of you know about that right now in your own life. That there's been challenges all around you and you find that God has a way of sustaining us and helping us. It might not be the, you know, the, the eight course um, steak dinners that, uh, that he was eating now. He's, he's eating something different. But God is taking care of him. And he sees that in, in the work of God. He's a man of faith. And, uh, and this is right after, our story is right after that Elijah then challenges all the prophets of the false gods, the prophets of Baal and others, to a challenge of what God, you know, can, can answer by fire. Many of you know that story. Their prophets kind of tried to, to, you know, stir up their gods and on, the, on Mount Carmel, and, and uh, they cut themselves and tried to do their kind of worship, and their gods didn't answer, and God answered by fire. To, to Eli for Elijah and prove that he was the God of Elijah and the God of gods. And, and so as, as a result of that and the prophets then being destroyed, um, there was, there was a, a threat that's starting to come because the king and queen of, uh, of, of Israel at that time was um, Jezebel and Ahab. Now, Je Jezebel is well-known. You know, she's well-known because of her, her, her evil ways and Ahab kind of going along with things. The, the, the story of them is that Jezebel was not, didn't, wasn't raised in Israel and under the God of heaven. He, she was raised in a foreign God, and there was a marriage that, was, that happened. It was a political marriage. So she comes into the nation, you know, as a political, in, in this political marriage, and as a result of that, brings her false gods with her. And that's where a lot of the spread of the worship of Baal happened. Now, she's not happy because the false 
prophets have all been killed and her God is kind of like shown up in all of this. And, um, and really is, is really after Elijah and wants to, wants to kill him um, as a result. We know that story as it co goes down the line. I, I love the fact, you know, um, Elijah, by the way, has this moment of weakness, which is another part of the story, um, where he kind of runs from Jezebel. And, and he runs because Jezebel sends messengers to Elijah and says, we're going to kill you. Which is really kind of a strange way of doing it. Don't you, like, if you really can kill him and you want it, don't you send the messengers to kill him. But she actually couldn't. It was just a hollow threat. A hollow threat that, that, that she was going to kill him, but she couldn't do it because the people now had gathered behind Elijah. Nobody's going to try to kill Elijah. I think it's interesting because some of us have been threatened. The enemy threatens you. He's going to kill you. He's going to take you out. Can I say this? If he was going to be, it was, if he was able to take you out, he would have done it already. He would have done it already. And, and I, you know, you might, you might have been in situations in which he has attempted, but he can't. All he can do is throw his threats at you. So don't buy into the lies of the enemy. Now, Elijah is at this place of strength. He's had this miraculous thing happen. And now he is going to, he is going to bring the rain back through prayer. He's going, to, he's going to pray to God, and God is going to answer him. And so in 1 Kings chapter 18, verse 41, it says, Now Elijah said to Ahab, Go up, eat and drink, for there is the sound of abundant rain. Now, when he says that, that is a statement of faith. There's a sound of abundant rain. He's hearing it internally. No one is hearing it externally. It's not happening yet. There's no rain. There's not even a cloud in the sky. Now, I want to bring you, and I want to make a, 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 a connection with rain. This rain can represent in our own lives it really does represent anything, in fact, that you are believing God for, that, that, that God would want to, to bring into your life a blessing and fruitfulness and all of that. You know, in, in, in drought, in, in lands of drought, rain is so special. In the desert lands, rain is so needed, so important. You know, we don't really... It's hard for us to grasp how valuable it is in our, where, where we are. You know, we have droughts once in a while. At least we're told we have a drought. And, uh, and we have to sacrifice dearly when that happens. We have to water our lawn only twice a week. You know, there's, there's great, you know, great sacrifice. But in that land, when there was a drought, you had starvation. You had, you had there's so much that... That, that drought brings in suffering in the land. And so now they're, they're in this drought, and he says, go up, eat, and drink, 
for there is the, the sound of abundant rain. In other words, you can go have that big meal now. You can go drink all you want. Don't worry. The drought's over. Whatever you stored up, take it out. You can, you can finish it off. The drought is over. The drought that does represent and can represent anything, anything, in fact, maybe the Holy Spirit this morning will remind you or, or bring that to your heart. Maybe you already know where the drought is and what the rain means for you in your life. But there's a biblical connection to, to rain, and the Bible talks about it in this way that it at times represents the outpouring of God's blessing and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. In, in Acts chapter 2, where um, on the day of Pentecost, when the church was born, I want to read this portion of Scripture to you. In verse 16, it says, But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. The prophet Joel. And it came to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out of my spirit on all flesh, your sons and your daughters, I love that, sons and daughters, right, shall prophesy, your young men shall see visions, your old men shall dream dreams, and on my men servants and my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they shall prophesy, and I will show wonders in the heavens above, the signs of the earth beneath, blood and fire, vapor and smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood, before the coming of the great and awesome day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. It seems like he repeats it twice, right? Your sons and daughters are going to prophesy, and then he repeats it again. There's a reason for that. The portion of scripture that he said that Joel gave him is chapter 2 of the book of Joel. And right before this, he doesn't quote this portion, but right before this, the Bible says in Joel chapter 2, verse 23, he says, he says, Be glad then, you children of Zion, and rejoice in the Lord God, for he has given you the former rain. Everybody say former rain. Former rain. And will cause the rain to come down for you, the former rain, and the latter rain. Everybody say latter rain. The latter rain, the former rain, and the latter rain in the first month. Now, when, when farmers were, uh, you know, um, farming, that to have a former rain and then to have a latter rain meant sometimes bumper crop. M more a double, you know, uh, uh, time of reaping and benefiting from it. But he's saying here, as he's, as Joel is say, uh, giving this, that portion we just read, that he says, I'm going to pour out my spirit upon you, and there's going to be a former rain. And Peter, as he's quoting it, there's a former rain. He says, he's going to pour out his spirit. The sons and daughters are going to prophesy. There's going to be a move of the Holy Spirit in people's lives. And then he repeats it. Because there's a former rain, and then there's a latter rain. And if you notice, in the latter rain, he starts talking about the sun being darkened and the coming of the Lord God, as the Lord Jesus will come in return. So what we understand from that is when the church was born on the day of Pentecost, well, there was a former rain, the outpouring of God's Spirit. But there's coming a latter rain, 
and as, as, as we come closer to the, the time of the Lord, and there's a latter rain that is going to be poured out on the church again, another, another move of God in a dramatic way like it happened at the first time, it's going to happen again, and that rain is ready to pour out upon us. So James chapter 5 and verse 7 says, Therefore be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until he receives the early and the latter rain. You see, James is saying, be patient. We're waiting for the coming of the Lord. Remember, there's still coming the latter rain. And, and there should be an anticipation of that. So I want to, to make this connection as we go back and, uh, and take a look at 1 Kings 18. As, eight, as uh, Elijah is instrumental in bringing in the rain that would that would uh, overcome the drought. It says in verse 42, so Ahab went up to eat and drink. He did as Elijah said. And Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, goes up to the mountain. And then he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees. Now he's just told Ahab, I can hear the sound, but he goes to pray. And he goes to, to fall on his knees. See, rain comes from the ground when a man or woman of God bows in prayer. It doesn't come from heaven. It comes from the ground. It starts there. It comes from where we kneel before God. And we call upon God. God, pour out your spirit. God, do your work. Lord, rain upon us as only you can do. In James chapter 5 and verse 16, James says... Uh, left half of, of uh, the 16th verse, it says, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. And then he takes us to this story that we're reading. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly, and I like that. He's a man with a nature like ours. What's our nature? Well, there's a sin nature, right? We're, we're, we're not perfect. It's not perfectness that makes that happen. But he also had God's nature working in his life. And in us, us too, we have the Holy Spirit in us even more in the, in, because of the new covenant. We have a, a right to stand before God. And the effectual fervent prayer of, a, of the righteous avails much, it says. And so, um, so Elijah was a man of like nature. He prayed earnestly and it would not rain. And he did not, it did not rain for the land for three and, three years and six months and he prayed again and the heaven gave rain and the earth produces fruit see he's taken us to the story elijah goes to the hill he goes to the mountain and he kneels down in verse 43 it says and and, and said to his servant go up now and look toward the sea so go up to the top of the hill look toward, toward the sea so he went up and looked and said there is nothing. So he look, goes up to, and the, and the skies are totally clear. There's not a cloud in the sky. There is nothing. There is nothing. The, 
There should be something. I just prayed. I prayed there should be something. Sure, there's nothing. You see, a lot of times we go through the nothing stage before we ever get the rain. You pray and you're expecting something, but there's nothing. Nothing's there. And you expect that when you see nothing, well, should does that mean God is not going to answer my prayer? And Elijah doesn't give in to the nothing stage. Elijah keeps responding. He keeps going back. He keeps wanting to make sure because he's looking for something. You got, got to keep going. Sometimes you have to keep going around the wall once, twice, Three times, sometimes you have to keep get being dunked in the dirty Jordan River because nothing does not mean it's not coming. Nothing is just nothing for now. And you, you'll notice it says, and seven times he said, go again. So here comes a servant. You kind of get the picture, get the feeling in all of this. The servant comes back, says there's nothing. And Elijah says, go back up. Okay, come back. Well, there's nothing still. Elijah said, go back up. There's, there's nothing. Go back up. Elijah, I've been up there four times. There's not anything up there. Go look. Keep going. Keep looking. Don't stop. Don't give up. Don't quit. Something's coming. I don't see it. But I do not walk by sight. I walk by faith. And so I don't see it yet. It's not there physically yet. But it's already there in my heart. I already see it coming. God has already made a promise. And it came to pass the seventh time that he said, there is a cloud as small as a man's hand rising out of the sea. Now, now you're looking at a clear sky and there's something we wouldn't even call a cloud. It's the size of a man's hand in the sky. You would say that's a little dust, a little smoke, something out there. It's just, it's, it's just this, it's just this little thing out on the whole sky. So it's not even worth talking about. Did you see anything? Well, I saw something, but it's not really worth really mentioning. Even it's, it's just a, a little cloud the size of a man's hand. Nothing's really there, Elijah. This is the not much stage. Goes from nothing to not much. There's just an inkling, maybe, of something. Maybe just a slight little, you know, I've been praying for this person. They've been so resistant to the gospel. And then they say, 
um, what makes you what makes you so happy? What makes you so confident? How can you go through what, and you go, well, Jesus, and they go, oh, I don't really want to hear about that. But you see that there's just this, it's just, it's just this cloud the size of a man's hand. It's a small thing. You know, it's, it's a, it's, it's, it's a, inkling of God doing a miracle. It's just, it's, it's small though. It's, it's not really much. Not really, it's not, it doesn't mean it, it's happening. That can't bring rain. That's not enough to bring rain. But Elijah's faith doesn't ignore the not much step or stage. Doesn't ignore that. In fact, that's the time to celebrate. That's the time to start dancing with victory. That's the time to start rejoicing. It's happening. God's doing something. God's on the move. I can see rain. No, I don't see rain. I can see this cloud. But it's not a cloud. It's just a, cloud. It's just a small little thing. That's all I need. All I need to grasp hold. See, the, the, the servant doesn't have to go back up and look anymore. It's over. I, I, we, we, there's breakthrough. We see it happening. It's going. You see. The, the answer is right there. Folks, get this. It's not in your notes. I want you to write this down. How you respond to small answers will determine your destiny. How you respond to small answers of prayer will determine your destiny. This is the season. See, as Elijah sees that, all, his faith now is attached to the smallest thing, but that's all he needs. He has that level of faith to attach. And, and what if he wouldn't have at this point? I don't know the, the answer to that, but I know this. Because he did, as he did, there came, wow, a thunderous, thunderous storm. The, God does little things in, to help us as we attach our faith to the little moves of God in our life. The little things that remind us that he hasn't forgotten us, that he's still there, that he's still close by. And he does these little things so that we can, we can make our faith grow. These are things that help us grow in our faith. But we have, to make, you know, we have to make the determination that we're looking for the God who answers prayer. We're looking for the God who moves. Instead of, you know, having... Listen, you can, be, you can be absolutely a pessimist with God. And you can spend your life just assuming God is not going to when he has made promises over and over and over again that he will. And as we, if, if you're going to, listen, you're going to follow God, you need to, your faith isn't just for salvation. It should be, we live by faith as followers of Christ. And it's not a blind faith. It's a faith that has been 
proven because his word is true. And we establish our faith to the promises of God, and we hold on to those things. And when we're doing that, little things, little things can cause us to start rejoicing. And as we, we see that, and we start to praise the Lord. Listen, that little thing, you see that little cloud? It's time to start praising the Lord. It's time to start celebrating. It's start, time to start dancing. It's time to start confessing victory in the name of Jesus. It's time to start sharing with others. Listen, the rain's coming. It's, go, it's pouring. Now, now listen to what his response is to that little cloud. And he said, go up to Ahab, prepare your chariot, and go down before the rain stops. He tells them, you better get in your chariot. You know, he's got about a 17-mile jaunt that he has to go. He's better get in your chariot because your chariot's going to get weighed down in the mud. The rain's coming. You better get out of here. You'll never make it home. The storm is coming, folks. The storm is coming. I want to ask you as you think through this, some of the things you've been praying for. And have you missed this little dinky, small cloud that has come by? Because you weren't even looking for it. You weren't on the hilltop looking for it. You were... It's passed you by. But as you think through, you go, wait a minute. Was that God trying to give me some encouragement? Was that God trying to help me see that he hasn't forgotten this situation? It's not what I prayed for. But could that be the Lord moving me in the right direction? It, could that be something that I could attach my faith to? At this time, as I'm looking for God to intervene in my situation. And if it is, then it's time to start rejoicing. It's time to start praising the Lord. It's time to start thanking him for the things that he is doing, for the things that he is accomplishing. Attach your faith to that tiny little answer in, as God is just getting you ready for the storm that's coming. So you can live in the joy of all that. You can see God at move in your life. So he says, I want you to get on your, in your chair. And it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind. And there was a heavy rain. A storm is coming. So, Ab so Ahab rode away and went to Jezreel. Then the land of the Lord came upon the 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 hand of the Lord came upon Elijah, and he girded up his loins and ran. So God comes upon Elijah, and Elijah starts running too. He's, he, he wants to get out of there because the storm's coming. And it's not that he doesn't want to get wet; he doesn't get want to get weighed down. And what he had been praying for was being accomplished. And the fruit and the blessing of all that was coming because there was a man who was willing to get on his knees and pray. 
And as I look upon the church, I'm not talking about our church, the church in America. I believe, I believe the rains are coming. I believe that, that the cloud is there. We haven't seen the, the storm yet. We haven't seen the revival that we've been praying for. But there is a lot of rain coming. I believe we're in, we're in the season. We're, we're near the days where this outpouring of God's Spirit is going to come in a way that, that we didn't anticipate. And some, for some of us here, there's been a drought in our life. There's been spiritual drought. And you would have to admit to the fact that Boy, your zeal and the, and the joy of God hasn't been at the level that you maybe have experienced in the past or that you would desire, that you would anticipate as a follower of Christ. Jesus, God wants to just pour out his spirit upon us. And there is. Hasn't there been? Haven't you seen the little cloud? Haven't you seen the potential? Haven't you seen there? And, and why not? Why not attach your faith to that? Why not start rejoicing in advance of what God has promised that he will do? Why not start thanking him now? Why not get ready for the storm? Because I believe it's coming, God's storm. And it says that, <laughs> I love this little story, because Elijah becomes a marathon runner. Said he girds up his loins and he ran ahead of Ahab to the entrance of Jezreel. Now Ahab has horses pulling a chariot, and he the horses tire, but but Elijah doesn't. He just keeps going. It says the hand of the Lord was upon him. He 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 had this endurance, and he just runs and runs, and he passes up Ahab. Hey, see you later, Ahab. Hope you get there. And he's moving. Of course, Ahab might be getting slowed down by the rain. But Elijah's running in the rain. And he's, he's running toward where his, you know, the destination that he wants. And there's, there's going to be a whole different story that happens after that. But, but there's the, this zeal in, in Elijah. He, he's seen God at move. He runs 17 miles in this. The, the, the scripture tells us in anticipation of this rain, listen to the words of, of Zechariah 10.1. It says, ask the Lord for rain in the time of latter rain. Ask, ask, ask. Everybody say ask. Ask. Ask the Lord for rain. Don't just sit. Ask. Pray. Ask the Lord for rain in the time of latter rain. The Lord will make flashing clouds and will give them showers of rain. Grass in the field for everyone. Grass in the field. It says, what is that? That's the fruit of the rain. The fruit of the rain. Let's ask the Lord. Let's anticipate. Let's call upon the Lord. Let's worship him. And ask the worship to If you're just seeing a cloud, that's enough. But if you haven't seen the cloud, 
Well, it's time to ask. It's time to ask. I believe he made a promise to us. He's made a promise to you. God is a God of the fulfillment of promises. God answers our call. How many of you want an outpour, a new, uh, just God's outpouring upon your life? You want a new, fresh, and filling of the Lord. You want, you want to have, you want to have a zeal for God that you, that just kind of overcomes you with joy and and love and anticipation. How many of you want your faith to grow and mature and become become great men and women of God? Listen, don't sell yourself short. Don't sell yourself short. God has made a promise. He wants to pour out his heart upon you. He wants to pour out his love upon you. He wants to pour out his spirit upon you. Lord, let it rain. Let it rain. Let it rain. We seek your face. We invite you to come. We want more of you.
Let faith arise in this place. Let hope arise in our hearts, God. Yes, Lord, we look to you. We look to you, God. In anticipation for what you are going to do, what you want to do, have your way. Oh, Lord, have your way. We sing in faith. We believe, we believe, we you sense the presence of God? Oh, Lord. Oh, God. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord Almighty who was and is and is to come. Pour out your
and let it rain let it rain lord open the floodgates of heaven let it rain let it rain let it rain oh open the floodgates of heaven and let it rain oh let it rain open the floodgates of heaven let it rain oh let it rain open the floodgates of heaven let it rain let it rain open the floodgates of heaven let it rain let it rain who oh. You've seen the cloud. You're identifying it today. The cloud. It's time to celebrate. The rain is coming. It's time to shout with joy. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Get the umbrellas out. It's pouring. It's coming. I can hear the thunders. I can hear the raindrops. Thank you, Lord. We love you, God. We bless you, Lord. Let us walk in this, Lord, in the joy. Let us walk in the outpouring of your spirit over our lives. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Bless you, God. Bless you, Lord. Walk with that, this, folks. Walk with it all day. Walk with it all week. The God, same God that is here present that you sense, he's, he's with you wherever you go. He's with you. Rejoice and enjoy his presence and his love. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. Amen. of heaven and let it rain let it rain open the floodgates of heaven let it rain oh let it rain just open the
Let it 